The views and opinions expressed by guests on this program are not necessarily the views of Thinking Bigger Business Media, Inc. or its employees. Welcome to Smart Companies Thinking Bigger Radio. Get the inside scoop on how America's most successful business owners transform their entrepreneurial vision into reality. And listen in as some of the top business minds in the country serve up practical advice, tips, and insights for growing your business. Now here's your host, Kelly Scanlon. Good morning. Welcome to Smart Companies Radio. I'm Kelly Scanlon, publisher of Thinking Bigger Business Media. As I've been saying for the last several weeks, we're searching for the 10 best grandmothers in Missouri. Not Kansas, not Oklahoma, Missouri. The Magic of Marceline Development Company and Farmland Foods are sponsoring a search to find those 10 best grandmothers, and the winners are going to each receive $1,250 in cash and $1,250 for charity. To enter, go to magicofmarceline.com. That's magicofmarceline.com. The deadline to enter has been extended to August the 15th. This is, again, sponsored by Magic of Marceline Development Company and Farmland Foods. Go nominate your grandmother. Our guest today is John Stevens. He is the interim executive director of the Kansas City, Kansas Regional Chamber of Commerce. But he's had a 15-year career in marketing and advertising. He had stints with two of Kansas City's top agency, served as the director of marketing and public relations with the Cordish Company, and later with the Kansas City Power and Light District. He also started his own marketing and communications consulting firm, Rock Hill Strategic, in 2009. He's served on many local boards. He's very focused on civic improvement, and he's helped lead the bi-state bipartisan bid for KC to host the 2016 Republican National Convention. And from 2013 to 2014, he served as the interim president and CEO of Visit KC. So on the other side of the state line from where he's at today. Welcome to the show today, John. Hi, Kelly. Glad to be here. Absolutely. Wow. I've known you for some time and, um, you know, my head keeps spinning because you just get around, you're doing so many different things, had such an impact on the community through your service. And I'm just very happy to have you here to talk today about quite a few things that are going on. Let's let's tackle a very popular, always popular topic, Casey Border issues. Uh, You came from the KC side most recently. Now you're um, with the Kansas City, Kansas Chamber. So uh, talk to us about your thoughts on that. Sure. Well, you know, I'm, I'm one of the many people that work and live across this state line. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I think that 75% of people cross the state line. The average person in Kansas City crosses the state line eight times a day. Okay. I, did, I, I always wondered. I yeah. actually had wondered what the stat was on that. There, there are times. some legitimate legitimate mm-hmm. studies on that. And I, I think that one of, the, one of the issues there is we've, we've fallen into this um, very divided uh, border war issue. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that while with sports and, and uh, uh, rivalries like that, that can be fun. Uh, when it comes to the economic uh, prosperity of our metro area, I prefer to call it KC, and KC means the entire region. Right. Uh, I always use, when, when people ask me about that, I say, when you travel outside of Kansas City, say you're in New York, mm-hmm. and someone asks where you're from, do you say Gladstone, or do you say Olathe, or do you say Prairie Village? No, you say I'm from KC. Good point. Yeah. We're, it, we, well, we have a metro-wide um, 
uh, affinity for the area, but as you say, we get very territorial when it comes to our uh, the outlying cities and our suburbs, and I, I guess sometimes there's good reason for that, but as you say, it has a very detrimental effect on the overall economy when we get that way. Right, and I think when you look at the business climate for the metro, we really have to think about it collectively. Uh, that every region, every part of Kansas City are, are, are jewels and that we need to look at that. Mm-hmm. What are the distinct advantages of each area? Let those advantages come out, let them grow, let them prosper, let people invest the way they want to invest. But trying to poach businesses in any direction and crafting uh, economic development programs that are designed to do that uh, are bad. And, and you're seeing that. You know, we're, the, the Kansas City Metro is a laggard in job creation. I mean, we have so much to celebrate and so much positive, but compared to many of our peer cities, our job creation and job growth numbers are lower than really they should be because we are, ha- we are at so many distinct advantages right. in this area, and we're not, we're not realizing those. We're not capitalizing on those, and we need to. Yeah, we're, we're too busy, as you say, poaching and, and worrying about outdoing the other and out-incentivizing the other. And, and, and so forth. Do you think that that's improving at all? I mean, I talk to more people who seem to get it, I guess, is, uh, these yeah. days. So, so do you see any hope for that? You know, I do. I see a mm-hmm. lot of hope. I, I, as I said, working in Wyandotte County now, working in KCK, mm-hmm. uh, it, it really is amazing. The welcoming atmosphere, the community there, and, and I think even more so, in probably the first time in more than a generation, that that area, I noticed they're starting to really say, we're part of KC, and we're mm-hmm. downtown also, and KC, because KCK is down, downtown KCK oh, is downtown is. Kansas City. You can just City. go right, it's, as you say, right across the border down 7th Avenue, and uh, you're in KCK, I mean. Right, and, yeah. and one, of the, one of the very quantifiable things I can touch on is tourism and yes. some of the regional branding efforts, and then most recently, Ride KC. Mm-hmm. The movement to having one unified brand for the entire transit system for the metropolitan right. area, that's a huge accomplishment and something that I think many of us thought ten, even 10 years ago was not possible. It makes total sense. When you say that you cross the border, the average person eight times a day, why would you have a separate uh, branded transit system. <laughs> right. I mean, if, if someone's going to get on a, a streetcar or mm-hmm. a, a bus right. and go to work or go to a Royals game, mm-hmm. they really don't care what bus they're getting on. They just want to know that it's going to get them there and get That's them right. home. That's right. Absolutely. If, if, I know I'm oversimplifying this, but if you had to say this needs to occur for us to take a major step forward in solidifying Kansas City as a region as opposed to two separate um, parts of the the state line, what would that thing be? I think probably the biggest, uh, the biggest thing from an economic standpoint would be a compact between all of the economic development agencies mm-hmm. that say, first and foremost, our mission, a unified mission, is to recruit and expand local business, recruit business from outside of whatever, a radius, a 250-mile radius, 300-mile radius, Um, but craft really uh, an agreement, a compact that does that, then 
I think once a business that's wanting to relocate to Kansas City chooses what area or decides to come to the Kansas City metro, then let those individual EDCs really go in and convince them Mm -hmm. that their area, that their community is the best Mm -hmm. within the KC region. But starting from a competitive disadvantage of trying to poach businesses locally, I I truly believe it hinders us from luring businesses from outside of our region, which is really what we need for for job growth, for mm-hmm. business growth, for small business growth. It's all linked. It's part of that that larger network. Right. Also, you know, at the center of this is the discussion about the airport. Uh, you know, if we want to get businesses here, one of the things they're going to be looking at is our airport. How accessible is the Kansas City mm-hmm. area? What are your thoughts on uh, a new airport, renovating the existing one, benefits of each? You're on both sides of the state line, too. You can bring that into how it might factor in. But Mm -hmm. what are your thoughts on that? Well, you know, first and foremost, the airport is a vital piece. Of, of Kansas City, uh, people people forget it's not just for tourists. This is a business. Right. This is a business development tool. It's millions of people travel in and out of KCI. What's interesting uh, that, that I think is lost in this debate on a new airport: fifty percent of travelers are from Kansas. Twenty five percent of travelers are from Kansas City, Missouri. Um, uh, almost another forty percent are from the rest of the Missouri region, and then there there's almost ten percent if you do the math uh, that are from Nebraska, Iowa, and the right. outer regions that yeah. travel in to, to use the airport. In to use the airport, uh-huh. and it is not a functional airport uh, for the future. It 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 simply is not. I know that people love the airport. I know that. Uh, for many travelers, it appears and feels very convenient, mm-hmm. but there are a lot of structural issues. There's a lot of basic issues that just cannot be resolved keeping it status quo. Mm-hmm. So what we do for the future uh, is really, I, I trust in the process uh, because this is a Kansas City, Missouri city asset, uh, and they're going to have to, the, the, the voters there are going to have to make the decision. Exactly. Um, but the the couple key points there are, one, something major has to change. Mm-hmm. The, it, it has to evolve. Uh, I use the analogy in looking at it that there's a reason that an airport of that style, that there aren't 25 of them throughout the world. Yes. And it's yeah. because it just is not a functional airport. It mm-hmm. was designed to be a hub for TWA, to be an, an, an global hub for mm-hmm. point-to-point travel that never occurred. Right. And then you add in security checkpoints and all of the other things. Mm. It's just not functional. So whether we do a major renovation or a replacement, I think right now the committees and Southwest Airlines and the other stakeholders are really leaning towards a replacement because it is actually yes. uh, more cost-effective. That's what uh, I heard too, or read. Exactly. Yeah. And, and, and it, I've looked at the numbers. I think I agree. Uh, mm-hmm. completely that that it is a more cost effective way and i think what what citizens need to think about is a new airport is not going to be LaGuardia. It's not going to be LAX. This is 35 gates mm-hmm. in phase 1 uh with a large security checkpoint area, centralized checkpoint that can move people through very efficiently, right. very easily, and then still offer the amenities that if you do happen to get delayed at, at the new KCI, you can get a coffee. Right. You can find a restroom. Right. And you don't have to go out of security. Uh, or if, if you stay within the security gate, you just have like a little lunch counter kind of option. Right. You, can't, you don't have access to any restaurants once you've gone into the gate areas. But, uh, you know, you said 35 gates, and I just think about how many 
many times um, a year. I fly in and out of just Denver, for example, and the B terminal there with United has 50-some gates, right. or maybe more than that. Now that I think about it, I, I know there's a down lower level. There's I think there's 90 gates just in B in Denver. And so 35 gates, you know, it's, it's not going to be this massive thing. No, with it's a manageable airport. Yeah. Uh, the other thing, the other key point in all of this debate that I think gets lost in a lot of the chatter, the funding for the airport is provided by the FAA and by uh, the airport fees. Mm -hmm. So every passenger is a passenger fee that is assessed at the federal level for every passenger that that lands or takes off from every airport in America. Yes. And the fees fluctuate by airport, but they have to get approval for that. Uh, Kansas City is in one of the lower realms, in lower numbers of that, to put to, to replace the airport they would raise the fee. Now, the difference that I think people get lost in is the airport, the airlines themselves have acknowledged that the fees at each airport is not predictive of price that they set at those airports. True. So your ticket prices are not fundamentally going to adjust. Mm-hmm. They, the, the airlines set their ticket prices nationally based on network, based on demand, based on how many flights and what capacity they have at each location – what all of those factors play in fuel mm-hmm. is fuel is oh, the number one indicator yeah, of ticket price. So. Yeah. So there are a lot of legitimate things. There are a lot of issues, but fundamentally, taxpayers are not going to be paying for it, and it is a needed uh, it is a needed uh, piece yeah, of I, Kansas I, City. I think that does get lost in the discussion. I think a lot of people think their taxes are going to rise, right. uh, their tickets uh, to travel are going to rise. Uh, but, th- but as you say, there are so many different things. As a frequent traveler myself, I love the convenience of being able to walk from my car over to the gate, whoever's dropping me off, within just a few minutes. But if I had to have a layover there I, or switch airlines, as I said earlier, I just I couldn't imagine the hassle that people have to go through. And it comes down to, again, doing business in Kansas City many times. It's, it's a very difficult airport to get in and out of. And you very quickly alluded to it, but there's structural issues. I understand that there's like a tunnel system below the airport that is going to provi- uh, prove to be a major complication if they try to renovate rather yes. than just redo or start over. Yeah, so I mean, a I mean, lot of stuff people maybe not thinking about. Really, when you when you get into the engineering side of it, it's it's really shocking. Mm-hmm. Simple things such as having a circle, a, a circular airport, uh, disallows you from having moving sidewalks. Yes. So we have very long time between gates one and gates you know fifteen, mm-hmm. uh, and you cannot have a moving sidewalk. There is no centralized baggage system. Yes, you can't. You can't send luggage underneath. You cannot right. send luggage, and you can't transfer luggage between the flights. It has to be hand carried, mm-hmm. because most airports have one centralized baggage system that feeds into a big network and takes it out to your baggage claim and helps mm-hmm. control and check it. Yeah, this doesn't happen. They have to hand carry everything, put it on each individual baggage claims ramp, and feed it up the conveyor. Um, and then uh, also fundamentally just the the actual age of the facility, 40-year-old yes. concrete, the mm-hmm. infrastructure, there's some issues. We're going to take a break. When we get back, we're going to be talking with John about the startup culture in Kansas City, Kansas. We're getting a lot of national attention with Startup Village and Google Fiber, and I want to find out John's thoughts on how that might uh, continue through the future. You're listening to Smart Companies Radio on Blog Talk Radio. We'll be right back. 
Welcome back to the dog show. Up next, we have Satchmo. Satchmo is a member of the Shelter Pet Group. That's right, a group known especially for their couch snuggling, ball chasing, face licking, and of course, companionship. Now, let's see him in action. Look how he makes eye contact with this person. That's actually known as the treat stare. How intuitive, and now he appears to be excitedly turning in circles. Ah, the happy dance will come in with this group. But really, the best way to know an amazing shelter pet like Satchmo is to meet one. Visit theshelterpetproject.org today. Adopt. Brought to you by Maddie's Fund, the Humane Society of the United States, and the Ad Council. Breakfast. A time to bring your family together over thick-cut, slow-smoked farmland bacon. It's savory, delicious farmland breakfast sausage. Every strip, every patty and link brings the sizzle. Breakfast is served. Come and get it. Farmland. Passion for pork since 1959. We are searching for the 10 best grandmothers in Missouri. The Magic of Marceline Development Company and the Missouri Star Quilt Company are sponsoring a search to find the 10 best grandmothers in Missouri. Winners each receive $1,250 in cash and $1,250 for charity. To enter, go to magicofmarceline.com. That's magicofmarceline.com. By popular demand, deadline to enter has been extended to August 15th. Sponsored by Magic of Marceline Development Company and the Missouri Star Quilt Company. Good morning. Welcome back to Smart Companies Radio. I'm Kelly Scanlon, publisher of Thinking Bigger Business Media. We're talking here today with John Stevens. He is the interim executive director of the Kansas City, Kansas Chamber of Commerce. We've been talking about the airport and uh, the Kansas City border wars and, and John's thoughts on that and how that impacts the future of Kansas City. Another really big thing that's going on, it has been happening for a few years now, is the startup culture that's uh, really exploded in Kansas City, Kansas. Uh, obviously, there's startups, pockets of startups all over the metro area, but in Kansas City, Kansas, they're particular right along the state line around 44th 43rd right in that area um startup village and google fiber um what are some of the good things coming out of there these days you know it's it's really an amazing occurrence Mm -hmm. Uh, there are very few places in the world where uh small homes these bungalows just got snapped up and people started working with the community to put these one two three person startups tech startups into that and and it the, it all was created because of Google. Yes. That that was the first spot in the world for Google Fiber. Mm-hmm. Now, as we know, it's spread throughout the metropolitan area. It's spread to a few other cities. Right. And has been very successful. And But that was what, that was the spark. Mm-hmm. And now it has grown. I believe there are 40 startups currently operating in Startup Village. Keeps growing. Mm-hmm. And it's right, I think, you know, we, we touched on the border war. And Startup Village is an example of a non-war Mm-hmm. It is on in Kansas City, Kansas, in a great area, and is growing and thriving. But it's also jumped the state line, and there are startups that are operating on the Missouri side sure. as well. Mm-hmm. And they walk across the street, and it's it's an example. <laughs> they actually walk across the street it, and talk a, yeah. to each other. It's huh? an example. Yeah. There is not a great wall on state yeah. line. That uh, all you have to do is avoid some cars buzzing down uh-huh. the street, run across, and y- you can do that. And uh, but Startup Village has, has, has been amazing, and uh, the city of Kansas City, Kansas City Unified Government, has done a wonderful job in listening to, uh, listening to these startups, listening to these groups, nurturing them. And also, I think it's equally important to say listening to the neighbors. Uh, 
Yes, yes. Because parking, things like that happen. I've spent a lot of time in Austin, mm-hmm. and Austin is one of those places. It's another wonderful startup culture, right. but they have started really struggling with access in many ways, transportation access, mm-hmm. cost of living access, yes. business startup cost access, and neighborhood conflict. And I, I think that there was some start of that in Startup Village, and they were able to work through that and really craft this amazing culture. And now the next step is really moving those uh, startups into permanent offices, right. permanent buildings, really getting them a place. And and I'm happy to say that we're seeing some of them move up the street to downtown KCK, mm-hmm. and I... Not only because I'm, I'm with the KCK Chamber, uh, but I, I, as I say, I live and work throughout the metro. And I'm so excited, much like I am with East Crossroads and the West Bottoms, I'm so excited about downtown KCK. And I really think that it's time is now, and you're starting to see a real maker culture. Yes. Um, and with the diversity, and, and the, the mayor touched on it, Mayor Holland touched on it the other day, um, maybe to a little bit of controversy, but he did touch <laughs> yes. on it. But I think... Um, he made a great point that we should celebrate the strengths of diversity and that that can really be an amazing uh, benefit to a community. Uh, You're seeing so many wonderful small businesses popping up and family-owned businesses. And I think then you layer these tech startups Mm -hmm. into that culture and you have something really unique. Uh, And then we're seeing uh, some great people like Omar Hunt Jr. are investing in restoring buildings on Minnesota Avenue that is then giving a place modern office space, which has really been lacking in mm-hmm. downtown KCK for a number of years, giving these small startups a place to grow. Right. And I think, I think they'll be very, uh, very successful as we see a little more momentum that way. Well, it's, it's interesting. Earlier we were talking about the border war mm-hmm. and the need to come together as a unified metropolitan area to attract outside businesses. And what this startup community is doing is attracting, I mean, almost organically, is attracting a lot of that attention from national press, uh, there's things going on in Kansas City, and a lot of it is uh, a result of what's going on in Startup Village, and you're getting people like Brad Feld coming in from Boulder and investing in the area, and so so that that little community in and of itself is starting to do what you're hoping some of the larger community can do eventually. Oh, absolutely. I mean, people from, I, I believe, 40 countries have visited. Really? And I didn't realize it, it was that it's high. It's been amazing, you know, the level of interest in that area. And that is much like Google, mm-hmm. beyond even what actually occurs at each computer, at each desk in the space. The story, the narrative that is told to the world about Kansas City really helps. Yes. And, and it helps to bring more investment. It helps to convince people that are relocating here. And and I've had conversations with large corporations, Cerner, Sprint, mm-hmm. uh, others, that they are using that startup culture, sort of that vibe. To reinvigorate their, their corporate. To yeah. reinvigorate yeah. their corporate culture yeah. and also to recruit. Yeah, okay. Because we're in a global competition for True. talent. Yes, we are. And we need to recruit people. And, and some of the best and brightest have... They have a lot of options mm-hmm. and a lot of places that yeah. they could locate. And while we know as Kansas Cityans that this is the greatest place in the world, if you live in New York or you live in Chicago and you really haven't spent much time here, you might not know. And if we can convince them to move here and give it a try, we know mm-hmm. that they're going to stay. 
Oh, yeah. I, I had a friend in, oh, I have a friend in L.A. who came to visit me here for the first time, and I f- caught her talking to her husband on the phone um, during part of the visit, and she was saying, we're such geographic snobs. She says, this is such a wonderful place, and I want you to come visit, you know, saying to her husband. And really, when people get here, they fall in love with it, but it's it's just getting the word out and, and getting people to come here. You were talking about the renaissance, um, I guess you could say, of downtown Kansas City, Kansas. You have, uh, as the chamber as a whole, had some different events planned uh, coming up at the end of September. One in particular is a business festival that you're hoping that you'll attract a lot of people from throughout the community. I know it's still a little early, but can you talk to us a little bit about what you have planned for that? Sure. Yeah, it's going to be very exciting. And and I think that one of the things we're doing is... As a chamber, uh, we represent the community and we represent the business leaders and the businesses in that community. So having a business festival gives us a chance to really be the megaphone Mm -hmm. to hopefully collectively uh, not just speak to each other within KCK. And it is important for businesses to network and share their collective resources with each other. But we really hope that having a business festival like we're having, having events, music, and really tells a broader story of the vibrancy of the business community in KCK that I think many people view KCK and and it is a wonderful attraction, but they view it as as the legends and sporting park and all of that. And that is a vital part Mm -hmm. of KCK. But KCK is also KU Med. Right. It's also Startup Village. It's also downtown. It's also the Armordale and manufacturing and Fairfax. And there is this massive, not just industrial, mm-hmm. not just maker, but a tech community there. And so we're really hoping to show how all of that weaves together to create a really great community that is a place to do business and a place to come visit uh, yeah. because w- millions come to visit. Uh, we were just at Schlitterbahn last night for a networking uh-huh. event, and uh, you know, people said, well, we, we come out here for this, and we bring our family in from out of town for this. Mm-hmm. I said, well, why don't you bring them down for lunch downtown, and why don't you show them Explore the, rest the, of, the rest of KCK? Yeah. And, and they probably just aren't even aware of it in many cases. They're not. It, yeah. it really is amazing. We, we talked a little bit uh, about the sort of how we weave together our community. And that's one of the challenges is downtown KCK and downtown Kansas City, Missouri are right there. But Mm -hmm. it sometimes can be a little confusing. There's not just easy access roads Mm -hmm. quite as easily. And, And so there's a little bit of a mental separation. And we need to do more to show that these are vital neighborhoods that it's easy to get between and easy yeah. to connect. And and some of the different neighborhoods and areas that you just mentioned, Kansas City, Kansas is just so rich with history. It, there's just, there's so much, um, the different districts that you mentioned. And so September the 24th, mm-hmm. be a great time to come yes. out and learn about businesses from all over KCK. And, uh, you know, you don't have to be in KCK to come. No, right? no. We, we really actually want everyone to come visit and check it out. And, and I think it is, it is really a chance for people who maybe haven't been to KCK or haven't spent much time in KCK mm-hmm. before to, to reintroduce, uh, reintroduce themselves to, right. to the people and the places. And if anybody, I mean, we're out of time here, but if anybody would like to find out more about what's going on in Kansas City, Kansas, uh, your website or the chamber, uh, sure. your website is? Sure. Go to kckchamber.com. And check it out from there. There are links to uh, Convention Visitors Bureau, mm-hmm. to all of our member businesses, and uh, or just email us, and yes. uh, we'll we'll connect with you. And and we really yeah. we really want to share. And the email is on the website. 
email okay. and contacts are on the website. Great. And uh, we look forward to uh, telling more about KCK. And there is an awful lot to tell. And and while you're there, check out the September 24th event, the Business Fest. It's going to be a blast. And if you'd like to learn more about how to grow your business, please visit our website at ithinkbigger.com. Follow us on Twitter at ithinkbigger or on Facebook, Thinking Bigger Business Media. Have a great weekend. We'll see you next week. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.